the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And good morning. I'm Gary Randall. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's Friday, March the 25th, 2022, in the year of our Lord. Today in 1634, English colonists sent by Lord Baltimore, they arrived in present-day Maryland. It was the first organized Catholic settlement in America. Today in 1894, Jacob S. Coxey, he began leading an army. They didn't know how many, but there was a bunch an army of unemployed from Ohio to Washington, D.C. They had one message. They demanded help from the government, financial help. Today in 1915, the U.S. Navy lost its first commissioned submarine. The USS F-4, it sank off Hawaii, claimed the lives of all 21 crew members. Today in 1960, Ray Charles recorded the record, the song, Georgia on My Mind. Today, in 1965, Reverend Martin Luther King Jr. led 25,000 people to the Alabama State Capitol in Montgomery. After a five-day march from Selma, they were protesting the denial of voting rights to blacks. Today, in 1987, the Supreme Court in Johnson v. Transportation Agency, they ruled 6-3 that an employer could promote a woman over an arguably more qualified man to help get women into higher-ranking jobs. Today in 1996, an 81-day standoff began by the anti-government Freeman that began at a ranch near Jordan, Montana. Many of you may, or some of you at least, may remember that. The last couple of days we've talked a little bit about Kentonji Brown Jackson, who is the nominee of President Biden, he guaranteed, promised he would nominate a black woman. He has done so. We've talked about it. I talked about it yesterday and the day before a little bit. One of the things that has come out of this hearing is that she, she said she couldn't define what a woman is. And um, that has become a talking point in the nation. I kind of thought it would, obviously, and it has. And uh, so USA Today came out yesterday afternoon and with a essay, and it's, it's quite a, a significant essay in the sense of the content of it, the amount of content. But um, after the she said that, uh, USA Today tried to outdo Jackson, I guess, by arguing that even a competent biologist, she said she couldn't, Jackson said she couldn't define what a woman is because she's not a biologist. So USA Today, trying to outdo her apparently, said even a competent uh, biologist would be unable to, quote, offer a definitive answer either. In their essay, the essay was titled, by the way, Marsha Blackburn asked Kentaji Brown-Jackson to define woman. Science says there's no simple answer. 
and then it goes downhill from there. But that was the the lead on that, and people are talking about it around the country this morning. There's it, it'll be a talking point on talk radio, I'm sure. But uh, that's how low we've sunk in the culture, not even claiming to know the difference or to know what a woman is. And I suppose you could extrapolate from that that we don't know what a man is either. There's a narrow margin of people in America that are activists. They need help. They need counseling. They need prayer. They need deliverance, really, by God, who are all messed up in their in their personal human sexuality. And they're running around claiming they don't know if they're a man or a woman. Well, it's real easy. Just take a shower and take a look. But now they, oh no, gender is not, it's not that. Gender is in your mind. Anonymically, you may be one or the other sex, but oh no, there's a whole list of them, 50-some I think it is now, that you may be. And this is what they're feeding, force-feeding kids, little kids sitting in the classroom, as young as kindergarten. They're grooming them. For pedophiles. I am convinced of that. It's sad where our culture has gone, but it isn't just the culture. These things don't happen in isolation. They happen in the context of a culture that has abandoned their founding principles and their founding foundations and institutions. And that's what's happening in America. This country was formed and founded on Judeo-Christian values. There was not a demand that everyone confess they're a Christian. Not at all. In fact, it was the opposite. This country was founded on the basis that you can believe whatever you want. You're free to believe and have a faith of your own in this country. Most of the country was Christian. Christians were the, were the ones that put forward this wonderful idea of religious liberty and freedom. So, we lived and prospered, but now a few, a very marginal, a sliver of this culture is trying to reshape it and redirect it, and they have to a degree where they have Disney on their knees begging for forgiveness, because Disney didn't do what they should have, when they should have, and as much as they should have on behalf of these people who desperately need help. People who don't even know what sex they are or what a woman or a man is. It's pathetic. It's troubling. And it has implications in every part of our life. There's a story out this morning out of a, a poll at University of Michigan. It's a sentiment index. In other words, they measure how people feel, not just the facts, but the feelings which they say drives what people do, and it does, actually. But this University of Michigan index poll, they're saying that the index dropped from 59.4, from 62.8% to 59.4% in February. They released it this morning. They said this is lower than mid-month read, and it was much lower than the experts had expected. They say in the poll, inflation has been the primary cause of rising pessimism, 
with an expected year-ahead inflation rate of 5.4%, the highest since November of 1981. Inflation is taking a heavy toll on consumers, they say, the people that took this poll, leading many to conclude that any income gains will be overwhelmed by rising prices. This guy that, uh, Curtin, I think is his name, that heads up this poll, and they take it pretty regularly, uh, just to take the temperature of how Americans are feeling about the future, about the budget and the future and finances and so on. This Curtin uh, guy said inflation was mentioned throughout the survey, whether the questions referred to personal finances, prospects for the economy, or assessments of buying conditions. He said, when asked to explain changes in their finances in their own words, more consumers mentioned reduced living standards due to rising inflation than any other time except during the two worst recessions in the past 50 years, from March 1979 to April 1981. Those were the Carter years, and uh, or the end of it. And from May to October of 2008. This is real, and the people who know these things, I'm certainly not an expert on it, but I pay a lot of attention to it, and I'm sure you do. And if not, we're all feeling it. This inflation is absolutely starting to dig in and get out of control, along with everything else from cultural, biblical. uh, I mean, it's just nothing is working right in the culture today, and it's because of leadership. And that history proves that. Yesterday, the White House cast President Joe Biden as a man leading the free world as he began this series of summit meetings in Europe. He did so with the promise to hold Russia accountable for its invasion of Ukraine. But even the Biden-friendly media in America, they're expressing doubt that he can handle the crisis, much less lead the world. Unfortunately, I would have to agree. We've had Democrats that could lead. We could disagree with their policies and where they were leading, but at least they could lead. He can't lead. And I think that's why there's such a growing pessimism. And then you put inflation on top of that. It's incredible. The Democrats have been talking about, and the the leftists, been talking about a reset for quite a long time. Remember Hillary Clinton? She had that little box, and it had that red button on top, kind of like a game show. She took it over to Russia, I think it was, and and had this little you know, presentation, and it was supposed to say something, I think, or something. She, she hit the button on it, and it didn't work. It malfunctioned, I mean, on live TV. Um, but they've been pushing this whole agenda, this reset thing. Uh, President Barack Obama in his campaigning and during his eight years in office, was always talking about remaking America, or we need a reset, we need a reset. Hillary Clinton did her thing with her little box on the reset, and Joe Biden has been picked up on that now, that he's in office talking about a reset, a reset. Well, Victor Davis Hanson is probably, arguably the most respected historian in America today, at least among the few most respected historians in America today, and he's a conservative. I don't know if he's a Christian or not. Very honestly, I haven't looked into it, but he certainly embraces Christian values, Judeo-Christian values, and he is a conservative, and he is profoundly informed on history. That's what he does, and that's what he's known for. 
is knowing and understanding history. He wrote an article, and I want to sort of weave that into some things that I want to talk about today about our country and where it is and where it's going and about this reset, because Joe Biden is starting to use that word reset again. Over the course of the next 24 hours, the European diplomatic capital of Brussels is hosting this emergency NATO gathering. It's a gathering of the Group 7, G7. I'm sure you've heard that in the news. You will today if you haven't. It's a group of industrialized nations, a summit of the European Union. President Biden is attending all of the meetings, and I, I don't know how he'll fare, I mean, when he starts to fatigue, I mean, honestly, but anyway, he's doing it. The Associated Press is carrying it. They have carried him uh, since he came into office, but even AP is beginning to question his ability. Jake Sullivan is Biden's national security advisor. He says the U.S. wants to hear that that the resolve and unity that we've seen in the past month will endure for as long as it takes. In other words, he's asking European countries to stand with America. He, as the leader of the free world, to stand with America for as long as it takes. But when there is so much pessimism in our own country, how can we expect European countries to follow his leadership when our own country is beginning to question the fact that he question whether or not he can lead? And that's kind of where we are today. He will return. President Biden will return home to the United States tomorrow. And uh, I'm sure there will be glowing reports of what he's accomplished. But the media, his own media, they are committed to him. They're not expressing that kind of optimism. So we live in a very pessimistic environment right now. I thought of what Paul wrote to the Philippians in chapter 4. Let me share it with you. He said, Be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. And Jesus said in John 14, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you. Not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. That's the antidote, that's the answer to the issues that we face today in our country. But looking at it from just from a cultural point of view, there is some hope as well. And let me share a bit of it with you. As I said, President Biden will share his remarks as he gets as returns home tomorrow. His remarks, the White House says, will be about the unified efforts of the free world to support the people of Ukraine, hold Russia responsible, and to defend a future that's rooted in democratic principles. That will be the essence of his speech, they say, when he arrives home. Sullivan says Biden's people are aiming to set out a longer-term game plan to decide what forces and capabilities are going to be required for the alliance's eastern flank countries. But the question looms, is Joe Biden capable of leading the free world, or the United States for that matter? The president's diplomatic thrust on the world stage is in question. The Associated Press published an extensive article yesterday on Biden's move to lead the free world, and even they concluded 
They said, quote, even as concern among Americans has swelled and support for a major U.S. role in the conflict strengthened in the last month, Biden's negative approval rating has not budged. Few are very confident at all that he can handle a crisis, and a majority thinks he lacks toughness in dealing with Russia. This is from a news organization that has supported and nurtured Biden. Clear back to the campaign of the primary campaign. And during all throughout his first disastrous year in office, all of the progressives have been calling for a reset. As I said, Obama, Hillary, Joe Biden. But AP is kind of wistfully, they're pondering. They said this, Biden promised voters that he has the experience to navigate a complicated international emergency like the one unfolding in Europe and his trip will be the latest test of that proposition. I hear in those words, they've already decided that he can't, but boy, we sure hope he comes through. Victor Davis Hanson, he agrees that there is a reset coming, but not the one that the left is imagining and hoping for. Here's what he said in an article. I want to refer to his article. I'm going to be in and out of his article over the next few minutes. But he said, President Joe Biden believes the Ukraine war will mark the start of a new world order. That's true. He has said that. Biden said that. And others around him have said that. They say you got to seize the crisis of the moment and put forward an agenda, which one of their agendas is globalism. In the middle of the COVID global pandemic, Hansen says, Klaus Schwab and the global elites, that's the Davos group, likewise announced a great reset. Accordingly, he said the nations of the world will have to surrender their sovereignty to an international body of experts. They would enlighten us on taxes, diversity, and green policies. Hansen says, when former President Donald Trump got elected in 2016, marquee journalists announced partisan reporting would have to displace the old, supposedly disinterested approach to news. In other words, fair and balanced news. That would have to go away because the news would have to, to work to get rid of Trump. Biden has often spoken about his lifelong dream of becoming president of the United States. It's apparent that now, having become president, he's unable to deliver. Hansen went on to say, and he explained the dilemma of the left, he said, quote, In normal times, progressives worry that they don't have public support for their policies. Only in crises do they feel that the political left and the media can merge to use apocalyptic times to ram through unusually unpopular approaches to foreign and domestic problems. He said, we saw that last year, fleeing from Afghanistan, the embrace of critical race theory, trying to end the filibuster, pack the court, junk the electoral college, and nationalize voting laws. Exactly. These new orders and resets always entail a bigger government and more unelected, powerful bureaucracies. These elites that are trying to take over the world assume that their radical changes in energy use and media reporting and voting and sovereignty and racial and ethnic quotas will never quite apply to themselves. They are the architects. They are the leader. They are the elite. They are at the top. And hence it goes into that pretty deeply. So he said, quote, we common folk must quit fossil fuels, but not those who need to use corporate jets. 
walls will not mar our borders, but will protect the homes of Nancy Pelosi, Mark Zuckerberg, and Bill Gates. He continues, he said, Hunter Biden's lost laptop will be declared by fiat, not news. In contrast, the fake Alpha Bank collusion narrative will be national headline news for weeks. It already has. He said middle-class families will be curbed as we are instructed to strive for sustainability and transition to apartment living and mass transit. But the Obamas, quoting Victor Davis Hanson, but the Obamas will still keep their three mansions. Silicon Valley futurists will insist on exemptions for their yachts. But he said a real reset is coming. He said, in truth, we are about to see a radical reset of the current reset. It will be a different sort of transformation than the elites are expecting and one they should greatly fear. He then goes into this from his life of being a historian, a renowned historian at that. And he says, here's first what will happen. The world and the United States are furious over hyperinflation that may soon exceed 10% per year. He said, we'll be lucky if it ends only in the recession or stagflation rather than a global depression. I shared with you a few moments ago the poll that was just, just came out of people, and generally America isn't optimistic about the coming year for the reasons we're talking about. They're concerned. Their dollar does not buy what it did one year ago, not even close in many cases, particularly gas and groceries. Back to Hansen, he said, the mess was created by the same apparent that uh, bought into the modern monetary theory. He said the silly university idea claimed prosperity would follow vastly expanding the money supply, keeping interest rates de facto zero levels, running huge annual deficits, piling up unsustainable national debt and subsidizing workers, to stay at home. He said natural gas and oil costs are now soaring to unsustainable levels and to the point where the middle class simply will not be able to travel, even keep warm in the winter or cool in the summer. He said both in Europe and the United States, left-wing governments deliberately curb drilling and non-Russian pipelines. They shut down nuclear power plants, subsidized costly, inefficient solar and wind projects. They ended up not with utopia, but with fuel shortages, high prices, energy dependency on the world's most regressive regimes. He said the woke revolution in the West was supposed to teach us that the white male-dominated Western world is toxic. Its origins, ascendance, and current leisure and affluence were supposedly due only to systemic exploitation, racism, and sexism. Few ask how a supposedly noxious, noxious world, he's, or West, he says, some 2,500 years duration became the number one destination of millions of global non-Western migrants and offered a, the greatest degree of global prosperity and freedom for its citizens. How many times have we had that thought cross our mind? Many times I've said it on this program. You've thought this has occurred to you a number of times. If America's so bad as these racists, these critical race theory people are saying, if, if we are systemically unredeemable and racist, why is everybody in the world trying to come here? I mean, they're flooding our border, our southern border. 
If America's so bad, why do these people not know that? Of course America's not bad. It's the most blessed, prosperous nation in the history of the world. And everybody knows it, including those who are trying to dismantle and destroy it. Here's what Hansen sees for the future. He said in the November 2022 midterms, which is coming up in November this year, that this coming one he's talking about, he said, we're likely to see a historic no to all of this, to the orthodox left-wing agenda that's resulted in unsustainable inflation, unaffordable energy, war, and humiliation abroad, spiraling crime, racial hostility, as well as arrogant defiance from those who deliberately enacted these disastrous policies. He said closed and secure borders are on the horizon with only legal and measured immigration returning. Americans will demand tough police enforcement, deterrent sentencing, and a return to interrogation and the primacy of individual character rather than separatist fixations on the color of one's skin. He said the public will continue to tune out on partisan and mediocre mainstream media. They will see increased production of oil and natural gas of, of to transition to other forms of energy. He said the prophets of the new world order sowed the wind and they will soon reap the whirlwind of an angry public worn out by elite incompetence, arrogance, and ignorance. In our last couple of minutes today, let me give you a personal take on this. I personally believe he could be right. Historically, I absolutely know he's right. When people only take bondage so much and then they rebel, in our case, in America, it's at the ballot box, thankfully, to, for the most part, and it, as it should be. But they rebel. They don't want to. God did not create us to be in bondage. He created us to be free. He created people with the DNA, with, with the thread of, of desire that is unconquerable for freedom. Scripture teaches that the world will continue to decline, though, until the return of Christ. In fact, the kind of decline and decay we are presently seeing are the signs of the times, according to Jesus. Jesus talked about in Matthew chapter 24, all, uh, much about this, but he gives us some of the important clues, some of the important things we should see and know. He said, many will come in my name, claiming I am the Christ. They'll deceive many. You will hear of wars and rumors of wars, but see to it that you're not alarmed. Such things must happen, but the end is still to come. Nation will rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines and earthquakes in various places. Birth pangs is what these are. There's much in chapters 24 and 25. Paul wrote to Timothy, The Spirit clearly says that in latter times some will abandon the faith following deceiving spirits and things taught by demons. And he's in 2 Timothy Chapter 3, he talks more about this. We're seeing all that come to pass in our time. Jeremiah the prophet told God's people in Jeremiah chapter 6, he said, Thus saith the Lord, Stand ye in the ways, and see, and ask for the old paths, where is the good way, and walk therein. He shall find rest for the souls, but they, but they said, We will not walk therein. Also I set a watchman over you, saying, Hearken to the sound of the trumpet. But they said, we will not hearken. This midterm election is going to be how we respond to the old ways. That's what Victor Hansen is talking about. 
the original principles upon which this nation was founded, they are proven for eternity. They are God's rules, God's word, God's ways. Hey, thanks for being with me today. It's always a pleasure. Thank you for your support. We need it. Have a great weekend. I'll see you Monday. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.